Order members, the sitting is resumed, and it's now time for questions to the Minister of Education. Can I advise members that question number seven and nine have been withdrawn, and I call Pat Cackney to ask the first question. Thank you, Mr Deputy Speaker. Thanks, Minister, for appearing here today, and welcome to your new post. Uh, question number one. Um, Mr Deputy Speaker, as this is my first appearance in the Chamber since my appointment, I hope you'll indulge me as I wish to give recognition to my predecessor, Peter Weir, and to thank him for the work he did during what was a very difficult year. In response to the question, I'm committed to moving forward with work on the executive childcare strategy as quickly as possible. Unfortunately, work on it has had to be paused over the past year or so as my officials focus their efforts on providing financial support for the childcare sector throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. This has been essential to ensure the survival of many childcare providers and underpin economic recovery. From April 2020 to March 21, approximately £30.5 million was paid to the childcare sector through six support schemes. This is a very significant investment requiring a lot of detailed work. On the 18th of June, I announced two further support schemes for the childcare sector from the 1st of April 21. Despite the delivery of these schemes continuing to require significant staff time, work has recommenced on the development of the childcare strategy. And while we're not starting from scratch, previous work done on the strategy will need to be updated and refined, taking on board lessons learned from the past year. The work will include producing an up-to-date assessment of the state of the sector following the pandemic, re-engaging with key stakeholders on the objectives, priorities and key deliverables, feasibility testing, costing and prioritising options and a public consultation. It will also require, in due course, executive agreement on a broad range of significant policy decisions, including the overall budget. I'm hopeful that a strategic insight programme to engage with key stakeholders to help inform the development of the strategy will take place in the autumn, and we're planning for this to run from October to December, subject to work on pandemic support schemes having come to an end by this stage. I can assure you of my commitment to moving this work forward. The focus is on the production of a costed strategy, which enables meaningful funding decisions to be taken. I call Pat Catney for supplementary. Thank you, Mr. Deputy Speaker. Thank you, Minister, for your commitment. But, Minister, uh, I outlined what plans uh, you were going to have in order to lower childcare costs, given that Northern Ireland has the second highest expense of childcare in Europe. I suppose at this stage it is quite difficult to ascertain how the strategy is going to pan out and what that is actually going to look like. Um, obviously, we are committed to producing a strategy, and I'm very mindful of the, the pressures that this places on families um, who are trying to work and at the same time, obviously, look, have their children looked after. I suppose there, there are a number of options which have been looked at, particularly around um, the other um, UK jurisdictions. But I do understand that um, speaking to um, sectoral representatives, they've indicated that really what they're looking for uh, in Northern Ireland is something which is very bespoke to Northern Ireland and tailored for it, rather than a replication of current offers elsewhere. But I am mindful of, of the issues that the member has raised. Um, and I call Chris Little. Thank you, Deputy Speaker. I'm sure the... Can I welcome the Education Minister to her post? And, uh, say that I'm sure she will agree that the, the childcare strategy is long overdue. Can I welcome the specific date for the Childcare Strategy Insight Lab in partnership with the all-party group on childcare and seek an update on, the, on delivery of the also long overdue flexible school start age legislation? 
Okay, and th I thank the, the member for his, his question. Uh, I suppose really to say from the outset that I am supportive of the campaign um, to have flexible school starting age in exceptional circumstances. And, and I was disappointed that the previous proposals which were consulted on during 2014-15 by um, former Minister John O'Dowd did not progress at that particular time. In February, um, my predecessor announced his intention to develop um, proposals with specific reference, really, um, to premature babies um, and whose birthday were, were late in the school year. Um, officials um, are working on policy proposals, and I hope to be in a position to, um, to go out for a consultation, um, hopefully um, reasonably soon. I'm mindful that we are heading towards the end of the mandate, and progression may be hindered by factors which are outside of, of my control. Um, so I don't want to raise expectations, but I am committed to moving this, this particular um, policy forward. I call Christopher Stelford. Thank you, uh, Mr Deputy Speaker. Firstly, could I welcome the Minister to her place and wish her all the very best <coughs> in her new role. Um, the Minister will be aware that in other UK regions, 30 hours of childcare is an offer that is available. Is the Minister in a position today to tell us whether or not a similar offer will be included in the Northern Ireland childcare strategy? I thank the member for his um, question, and we will consider this as part of the engagement process which is planned over um, the coming months. My department has previously and continues to regularly engage with colleagues in other UK jurisdictions about their childcare offers for three to four-year-olds um, and to learn what has worked well and the challenges, obviously, in the design and implementation of those offers. In line with the commitments made in New Decade, New Approach, the Department of Education will move forward with the work on the executive childcare strategy, but this will also include um, the extended affordable, responsive and high quality early education and care provision for families with children aged three to four, and this will incorporate um, the current established and successful preschool education programme. Um, and as I indicated to um, Mr Catney, um, Sectoral representatives have asked for something which is tailored for Northern Ireland rather than a replication of what's happening elsewhere, um, and hence why our strategy will be slightly different and it will incorporate much, much wider um, aspirations and actions for childcare services. I now call George Robinson. Thank you, Mr Deputy Speaker. Could I congr congratulate the Minister on her elevation to her new post? Question two. Um, thank the member for his question. The uh, mental health and well-being of children and young people continues to be a high priority for my department. The recently published framework for children and young people's emotional health and well-being in education and the accompanying implementation plan will enhance the support provided for pupils with a focus on promotion, prevention and early intervention through an integrated approach between education and health. This includes a primary school counselling pilot, along with new school nursing services, multidisciplinary primary school support, enhanced education authority support, and a new CAMS emotional wellbeing in schools service. Work is progressing to implement the programmes, some of which have already commenced. And I can confirm that an additional £5 million has been made available for another COVID wellbeing fund for 2021-22 which will provide dedicated funding to address well-being pressures arising as a result of the pandemic. 
Reflecting on the approach taken last year, the funding will be distributed directly to all schools, such as nursery, primary, post-primary and special schools, as well as EOTIS and youth settings, giving them flexibility in how they support the mental health and well-being of children and young people and the staff working with them. I call George Robinson for supplementary. Minister for her answer. The Minister has indicated that an additional £5 million has been <coughs> made available for another COVID wellbeing fund for 2021-22. I know the last round of this was widely welcomed and schools have been quite creative in how they use the money. Can the Minister outline how the new fund will be allocated and what conditions there are on how the money is to be spent? Thank you, Member for his, his question. Um, a single one-off allocation will be made to all school settings based on their enrolment figures. In effect, this will mean schools with an enrolment of 1,499 will receive a one-off payment of £3,250 per school. Enrolment of 500 to 999 will receive £7,300 per school. Enrolment of 1,000 to 1,499 will receive £10,000 per school. And enrolment of in excess of 1,500 will receive £13,000 per school. And youth services will receive £1,250 per youth service unit. Um, this is considered to be the more um, equitable way of distributing the funding. The allocation is still um, per setting rather than per child, which reflects the fact that not all children and young people will require additional support. However, the settings as a whole can ensure that they are well equipped to meet the needs of those that do um, need additional support and can target them appropriately. With regards to restrictions, um, each school will have the autonomy to manage the funding based on their identified needs, um, but will be expected to use it for activities that primarily support health and well-being of children and young people and staff. Um, the EA will um, continue then to provide supporting guidance and further advice will be available where needed. I call Justin McNulty. Gurumay, I would and thank the Minister for her answers thus far and wish her well in her new post. Um, unfortunately, we can't let you bail in gently because the education of our young people and children is too important. Minister, can you tell me what, uh, how, if, if you have engaged with the Health Minister in terms of creating initiatives to help um, the mental health of children in schools, working with charities and with sporting organisations and with other organisations to help uh, build resilience in our young people. And I thank, I thank the uh, member for his, his question, and, and I appreciate the, um, the work that he does, particularly with young people in, in the realm of sport. Um, I, I do welcome the um, announcement by the um, health minister today in relation to a mental health strategy. Um, I know that my predecessor worked with the um, Department of Health and the minister in relation to the development of um, the emotional health and wellbeing framework, um, which has been va real value, I think, particularly at this time, um, coming through and out of, hopefully, the COVID pandemic. Um, while I haven't personally met them at this stage, um, as you will understand, I'm, I'm, I'm still in listening mode and, and meeting mode. Um, so I hope to do that in the coming weeks. I call Mike Nesbitt. Speaker, thank you. In terms of mental health in schools, Minister, and I do welcome you and wish you, wish you well in, in your post, um, how, how would you assess the toolkits that are being produced from the likes of Pure Mental and Include Youth, uh, representing a kind of bottom-up approach to the issue? And I welcome, I welcome the question by, by the uh, member, and I know that those organisations um, 
are very focused on the well-being of young people and, and I've worked particularly with Include Youth um, for a number of years in, in, with other, with wearing other hats um, and, I, and I look forward actually to meeting with them to discuss the projects that they are undertaking um, because while there will be projects which will be very much sort of school-based, other projects which are um, youth service-based and, and wider, um, particularly within the community, are um, of great, uh, of great, um, great tools and of particular asset to the work that we're trying to do here. I call Nicola Brogan. And can I welcome the Minister to a new position as well and wish her the best of luck in it. Um, the previous Education Minister had announced plans to pilot counselling services within primary schools, um, given the huge challenges experienced by our very young um, children and young people um, throughout the pandemic and our need to support them. Can I ask the Minister for an update on this pilot project, please? Thank the Member for her question and, and I acknowledge the difficulties of the last year. Um, and subject to the necessary approvals, I do hope to be launching a pilot of counselling at primary school level in the new academic year as one of a range of supports to be delivered through the implementation of the Emotional Health and Wellbeing and Education Framework. Um, this will involve all primary school pupils, including special schools with a cohort of primary school pupils. Uh, £5 million has been allocated to support the delivery of the project. My officials are working with the EA in order to progress this and it includes the development of plans for an evaluation of the impacts and the benefits um, of the support for primary school children. Moving on, I call Morris Bradley. Thank you, Mr Deputy Speaker. Could I welcome the Minister to her new post as well and ask question three. The Education Authority is currently working in partnership with representatives of three schools, Coleraine College, Dunluce School and North Coast Integrated College, on a joint proposal for non-selective post-primary provision in the Causeway area. A steering group, the Causeway Project Board, has been established, which includes representation from the Northern Ireland Council for Integrated Education, the Controlled Skills Council, uh, Support Council and the uh, Ulster University. The EA has advised that a consultation document has been prepared and considered by the Board of Governors of the three schools. The EA's Strategic Planning and Policy Committee considered the proposal and sought some points of clarification. The consultation document was considered at the EA's board meeting on the 24th of June 2021 and approval was given to commence pre-publication consultation on the 13th of September 2021, which will run until the 15th of November. My department only becomes formally engaged in the process when the development proposals have been published. Thank you, Deputy Speaker. Can, can I apologise to the Minister? I forgot to declare an interest uh, as a board of, member of the Board of Governors for Korean Integrated College. Uh, Minister, there is a genuine concern that if the amalgamation is approved, that the new school will operate over two sites. This will create issues for staffing, problems for timetabling and extra costs. Can I ask the Minister if capital funding will be made available for a new school and if any lessons have been learned by the Department from their experiences through other amalgamations? Thank the member for his question. A major um, capital investment would not be announced as part of the development proposal approval process. This would only follow if the new school was successful in a future major capital call. Whilst a new school formed following any amalgamation would be well placed to receive funding for a new build in a future major capital call, there can be no guarantees that this would be the case. In the event that funding is subsequently approved, there would also be no guarantee regarding the site that would be selected for the investment. 
This is an issue that would be resolved following an analysis of options available in the business case prepared to seek approval for the major capital investment. Any decision to amalgamate the schools must be taken independently of the future of the school. With regards to, to lessons learned, um, experience has shown that school amalgamations are complex and require thorough and timely planning. Each amalgamation has its own set of unique circumstances, and my officials will work with individual schools to assist with the um, implementation. Um, there is a circular, as there is for most things, um, on the website um, for um, your perusal. And I call Stuart Dixon. Um, thank you, Deputy Speaker, and uh, welcome, Minister, to your post today. Uh, question number four. My um, department's capital programme aims to ensure that school premises are planned, delivered and improved to support the delivery of desired education outcomes and to provide a safe and secure environment for all users. I understand that in the East Antrim constituency over the last three financial years, approximately £6.3 million has been invested in minor work schemes to improve existing assets. Under my department's major capital works programme, which was initiated in 2012, five schools have been announced to proceed in planning for major capital investment. Two of these projects, Weedburn Primary School and Corrin Integrated Primary School, have been completed with an investment in the region of £8.7 million. A further three schools are progressing through various stages of RIBA stages, Abbey Community College, St Killian's College and Island McGee Primary School. Over £5 million was invested in two schools under the first SEP, um, Acorn Integrated Primary School and Belfast High School. A further four schools have been announced to advance in design under the second call, with a total estimated investment of £16 million. These projects are at an early stage of planning and design, and these schools are Roddensfield Special School, Thornfield House Special School, Carrick um, Fergus Grammar School and Green Island Primary School. Ulidia Integrated College was announced as a major capital project under the Fresh Start programme in March 16. The business case was approved in December 18 for a new build on the existing site. This £25 million investment will provide up-to-date accommodation and sports facilities for 700 pupils. While significant investment in capital in the East Antrim constituency under, is underway, I do acknowledge that there are a large number of schools requiring maintenance in the constituency, which is funded from the resource budget. The budget for schools maintenance is just one of the budgetary pressures currently faced. My department allocated £20.5 million to the Education Authority for maintenance um, for 21-22. An estimated spend of £800,000 will be committed this year to plant maintenance and statutory remedial projects in schools in East Antrim. I call Stuart Dixon for supplementary. Thank you, and thank you, Minister. And I do appreciate the uh, large sums of money which your department have put into uh, improving schools in East Antrim, particularly those which you have mentioned. But could I today, Minister, raise with you uh, two schools which seem to either have been overlooked or are uh, currently in a, a very difficult situation with regards to, first of all, Carrickfergus Academy, which was uh, a creation of the former Downshire and Carrickfergus College schools, and was sold to the boards of governors and to parents and the community as a new bill school. Yet that seems to be a long way away. Likewise, Larne High School uh, in the town of Larne is in a perilous state of, of repair. It seems to be the school that time forgot, not in terms of the education that is being delivered in the building can by the principal and staff. But can I ask, Minister, would you accompany me on a visit to both of those schools? Thank the, um, the member for his question. And obviously, it's 
very similar to the question which was asked by um, the by my colleague in relation to sort of promises or the um, anticipation of a new build when an, an amalgamation takes place. Um, I, it is my intention to make a major capital works call before the end of the current financial year, so that may that may assist with that particular um, project. But I am content um, and more than happy to accept his invitation to visit both schools. I call Gordon Lyons. Thank you, Mr. Deputy Speaker, and can I also congratulate the Minister on her appointment and wish her well uh, in her new role. Uh, can I also echo the comments that have already been made by uh, Mr. Dixon, especially in relation to uh, Lauren High School, which is in um, need of uh, an urgent uh, upgrade? I'm pleased to hear what the Minister has said uh, about the Capital uh, Works uh, programme. Can she give any more detail as when that would be um, likely uh, to be in place? Uh, and could I also raise with her the issue of Green Island Primary School, which is in a similar uh, state of repair? Okay, I thank the, the member for his question, and, and I'm assuming this is in relation to Lauren High School that he's looking for information on. Um, so in October 2017, there was a call for minor works applications for two applications which were made for the school for upgrading boiler flues and upgraded roofing, and those two applications didn't rank high enough. Um, since 2019, four business cases have been approved for capital minor works. There was accommodation works for special educational needs, which were completed in 2020. DDA specific accommodation completed in 2019. The refurbishment of a 2G synthetic pitch due to complete RIBA um, stage five in July this year. And strategic investment in school meals accommodation project, which is due to complete um, stage five in September. I understand the EI maintenance service will be scoping the um, changing rooms and gym hall for consideration for um, delivery in either financial year um, 21 or 22 or subsequent years subject to the capital budget availability. Um, Lauren High School was, was not put forward by the EA for consideration on the most recent major um, works call, which closed on 31st of October, nor was an application made on behalf of the school submitted on the latest um, school enhancement programme call. Um, with regards to um, Green Island Primary School, I don't have any information with me in relation to that, but I'm happy to accompany the, the member on a visit if he so wishes. I call Pat Sheehan. Can I also wish the member well in her new role as Education Minister? Uh, the Minister will be aware that the schools of state right across the north is crying out for investment. Many schools are operating in outdated, inappropriate uh, and so-called temporary accommodation for 20 years now. So could she outline her investment plans for the school estate that our, our young people need and deserve? They can remind the member that this was a constituency question specific to East Antrim. I'll uh, ask the Minister if she wishes to respond. She may or may not wish to respond. I'm, I can't, I'm content to respond, but I, I do agree with the member when he does say that the um, schools estate is crying out for um, investment, and there are far too many schools um, in outdated accommodation. And in the last two weeks, I've visited quite a number of schools, um, really from one extreme to the other, where we have exemplary um, accommodation and those where school leaders are, are in despair. Um, and it does concern me that there have been um, projects which have been prioritised for an excess of 10 years and we still haven't seen delivery on those. And it does concern me that there is a significant backlog in um, minor works. Um, we've got 6,000 applications in the last call and only around 1,300 of those have actually been progressed. And I know that, that the reason for that is to do with sort of emergency um, applications as, as well. So I am concerned, and I agree with what the member has said. Um, as I've said in a previous um, response, 
I do plan to put out um, further calls, um, but I am also meeting with my officials to see where we, where we can be better prepared, where we do have shovel-ready projects when capital does become available. I call Jim Allister and remind him it's a constituency question. Uh, thank you. Uh, can I suggest to the Minister it's a false economy in operation not to maintain our schools? By way of example, I cite Muirfield's Primary School, on which I declare the interest as Chair of the Board of Governors. A new school provided a dozen years ago, yet because of a failure to address plaster failings, because of failure to ever repaint it, it now has riddled with cracks, growing moss, and is going to take a lot of money to repair at some time in the future. Why are we not keeping the stock that we have at a level so that we protect against excessive expenditure in the future? I thank the member for his question. I don't disagree with what he said in the commentary that he has made. Um, I understand that probably some of what he has um, spoken of is resource where there is pressures, um, but I'm, I'm happy to go back to officials to see what the current um, status is with regards to, to Murfield Primary School and come back to the member. I call Linda Dillon. Question before a new call for major capital works is announced, the protocol for the selection of major capital works will first be reviewed and, if necessary, updated based on learning from the latest announcement and any new policy developments. This will be published in advance of the call to allow schools, in conjunction with their managing authorities and sectoral bodies, to consider their options and eligibility. Once nominations are received from managing authorities, sectoral bodies and voluntary grammar schools, each application is assessed under the agreed protocol developed for each call. A list of qualifying schools ranked in order of scoring from the protocol is drawn up and I will decide on the number of projects to be advanced based on the available budget. The protocol used for the most recent capital, um, major capital works call is available to view on the department's website. I call Linda Dillon for supplementary. Can the Minister give us an update on if there are any plans for a new school on a new site for St Joseph's Primary School in Galbally? I had the previous Minister out there. The site that they are currently on is not only unsafe, but is not suitable, not fit for purpose. The numbers of children going there are growing, and the school is not able to accommodate the numbers of children going, so we really, really need a new build in St Joseph's in Galbally. Thank the member for um, her question. It will not surprise her to know that I don't, I'm not aware of the specific plans for St Joseph's. But what I will do is commit to, to writing to the member with an, with an update. And if the member feels it would be useful for me to visit, I'd be happy to agree to any request to do so. I call Harry Harvey. Mr Deputy Speaker, and I thank the minister for her answers thus far and wish her well on her position. The Minister will be familiar with the need for a long overdue new build for Down High School and the various challenges there have been to make this a reality. Could the Minister please provide an update on this highly anticipated project? Thank you. I thank the, um, the Member for his question. The major works project at Down High School is now nearing the end of the design, of the design phase. Um, progress has been delayed due to the need for a significant archaeological excavation on the proposed site. The scope of excavation works required has now been agreed and work is underway. It is anticipated that these excavation works will be completed 
in the first half of 2022, allowing the project to proceed to tender in the financial year 22-23, subject to detailed analysis of the findings from the DIG. And I understand the commentary from the member where he says that it is, has been anticipated for a long time and, and certainly um, young people from our, our constituency who, who go to um, Down High um, have been calling out for this for quite some time, so it will be good to see this project move forward. I call Rachel Woods. Uh, Mr Deputy Speaker, and I welcome the Minister to her position. Um, with regard to the Major Capital Works programme, um, the Minister is aware that there are a number of climate commitments that we now have to meet, so I'm wondering if she uh, would consider writing in uh, a carbon zero sort of uh, requirement to any future Major Capital Works within the school estate. And I thank the, the member for her question, and certainly I'll take that on board uh, and speak to officials in relation to that and how that, how that can be progressed. Moving on, I call Colin Gildenew. Question number six, please. Any significant change required to a primary school, including an increase in its approved enrolment number, currently requires the publication of a development proposal. The DP process is a statutory process, and the Department's Guidance Circular 2017-09, which is available on the Department's website, follows a comprehensive overview of the process to be followed. My Department also has the power to grant additional places to individual schools by way of a temporary variation to a school's approved admissions and enrolment numbers. TVs are granted in areas where a demographic pressure exists and is for one year only. The Department is currently considering a process to approve increases to a grant-aided school's approved numbers, which may not require a DP. The process is designed to normalise admissions and enrolment numbers where there is evidence demonstrating an historic pattern of enrolment in excess of a school's approved number. And unfortunately, that is the end of our period of time for listed questions. And we now move on to topical questions. Can I advise members that questions number three and ten have been withdrawn? I call Pat Sheehan. The Minister will be aware that the Independent uh, Schools Counselling Service provides uh, important support uh, for our post-primary schools, uh, but uh, they have been coming under increasing strain as a result of the pandemic. And I'm aware that in my own constituency in West Belfast, uh, having spoken to school leaders, there are particular problems there. And I wonder, is the Minister aware of any particular issues in West Belfast, and uh, does she intend any further supports or interventions to ensure that the Independent Schools Counselling Service is supported? Garmavid. I thank the, the member for his question, and um, certainly the Independent Counselling Ser School Service does provide uh, an essential support service to our young people. And I understand that there has been an, an increase um, in the number of referrals since young people returned to on-site learning. Um, but while the demand for counselling has increased, I think overall the service hasn't been overwhelmed. Um, that said, I understand from, from speaking to the member outside of this chamber that he does have a particular concern in relation um, to West Belfast and has been involved in, in multi-agency discussions in relation to attempting to address um, this issue. Um, I understand that as of um, yesterday, there were 10 young people who were awaiting um, counselling service in West Belfast, and I understand that that um, is progressing, although those are only the young people who have identified themselves as having need. That doesn't mean that there aren't many others who require, who require service, um, and certainly um, I will speak to officials to ascertain the particular pressures that there are and to see if there's anything additional that we need to do. 
Minister for her answer. And uh, the, the, emotional, uh, the emotional health and well-being framework uh, was a welcome intervention in terms of mental health policy. I have some concerns in that it was mainly developed prior to the pandemic, and I wonder if the Minister would give a commitment to review the framework uh, and ensure that it is resilient, uh, given the many challenges that uh, Young, young people are facing as a result of the pandemic. Okay, and I thank the, the member for his, his um, question. Obviously, the emotional health and well-being of our young people, along with our staff, is a priority and should be a priority for my department. And there have been very significant challenges for school staff as they um, support children and young people as they come through the pandemic. Um, while I understand the point that the, the member is making in relation to the terms of the development of the policy, um, I think he might recognise that the proposals um, and the implementation of those um, allows um, adaptability and flexibility, perhaps, that we haven't seen before in, in some of the projects um, that have been um, put forward um, by the department. Um, he will be aware that um, this has been supported by um, COVID wellbeing support finances. There are a number of projects which have um, come online, which I understand have been very successful to date, um, including Text and Nurse, um, EA, um, Youth Service, the REACH programme, and also a, a, a wellbeing hub. And there are a number of other projects which are due to come online as well with regards um, to um, a new CAMS emotional wellbeing team in school services. So there are a number of projects there which um, hopefully will be able to address some of that, those problems, um, but content to have a, a look to see if there's anything further that be, needs to be done. And I call George Robinson. Uh, thank you, Mr Deputy Speaker. Is the Minister willing to commit that her department will, as soon as possible, implement the, the recent report, and I quote, a fair start on educational underachievement in Northern Ireland, given that reports in the past have been produced on this area but never achieved? I thank the, the member for his um, question and obviously I'd like to pay tribute to my predecessor again in relation to driving um, forward this work, but also to um, Dr Noel Purdy and the expert panel for their commitment to it. I am really keen to see this progress quickly um, um, because it is an important um, programme of work. There are 47 action, uh, which have, actions which are spread across at least six years. Um, my focus um, at the moment is what we can achieve in the short term, and £4 million has already been set aside in this year's budget in order to progress this work. Um, officials will be working with policy leads within the Department of Education alongside um, government departments and arm's length bodies to progress the expert panel's action plans. Um, governance structures are also being established to oversee implementation of the action plan, and as agreed by the Executive um, the First Minister and Deputy First Minister um, have undertaken to oversee the delivery of the, of the plan. But this will require a considerable uh, budget commitment, and it is a, an executive commitment and cross-cutting, and I hope that the request to fund this will be honoured. I call George Robinson for supplementary. Again, thank the Minister for her answer. Will the Minister agree to visit Drumran Primary School in my constituency with Councillor Scott and myself to see firsthand how lack of some facilities, i.e. additional classroom, because of rising numbers, is impacting on the issues this report addresses. 
thank the member for his question and um, my diary secretary is going to love me at the end of this session um, but I'll be more than happy to, um, to visit with um, uh, Mr Robinson and Councillor Scott. Could we have Colin McGrath onto our screens? And I call Colin McGrath. Thank you very much, Mr. Uh, Deputy Speaker, and I join other members in welcoming the Minister to her position as the Minister for Education and Youth Services and wish her well in her post. Um, last week, the Education Committee received an update on the budget and in-year monitoring, and in that update, £12 million of cuts was envisaged for a review of temporary and substitute teachers. Can the Minister outline how this was achieved? And I, th I thank the member for his question, and I think he may be referring to the Workforce Review Project, um, which is part of the April 2020 agreement to end the long-running um, teachers' industrial dispute. And out of that, I understand that there were a number of, of work streams which were um, agreed in order to um, look at the likes of improving attendance and so on. I don't, I don't believe that this, it's anticipated that this £12 million will be realised within the next financial year. I think this is something which will take some time, um, but I'm, I'm happy to come back with more detail to the member in, with regards to what was said at the committee and if there's anything further that needs to be added. I call Colin McGrath for supplementary. Uh, thank you very much to the Minister for that response. And I suppose maybe just could I get a commitment from the Minister that we won't see uh, any cuts to temporary or substitute teachers and I suppose some recognition of the valuable contribution that they do make to the overall staffing complement within our schools. I th thank the, the member for his question uh, and certainly as someone who was a substitute teacher at the time I, I absolutely uh, agree in that they do add, add, value, add value to the workforce. Again, if the member is content, um, I think it, it obviously forms part of the, of the um, previous question um, with regards to how this is going to be undertaken and I prefer to come back with the detail to the member rather than um, just saying something for the sake of something. And I call Liz Kimmins. And Corland, and I welcome the, the Minister um, to her new post and wish her well as well. Uh, Minister, as we enter the summer holidays and given the year that uh, our children and young people have just come through, it's more important now than ever that we have proper investment in place for summer schemes, youth work and other diversionary activities to meet their social, emotional and physical needs which have been badly impacted over the last uh, 15 months. And I'm aware of the, social, the summer scheme programme fund that has been established by your department which will provide some support to schools to run various projects. But can I ask the Minister for an update on the total level of investment and plans to support diversionary projects and related schemes over the coming months? Um, thank the, the member for her question. Um, with regards to the schools summer, summer scheme project, 453 schools have been able to um, avail of this project this year and I understand that it's £4.6 million has been committed to it um, and we'll have actually considerable um, outreach to young people. I understand that somewhere in the region of 40,000 children will be able to, to access um, summer schemes through schools um, which is quite a significant uplift from last year when it was taken up by a very small number of schools but then the, the circumstances were slightly different with regards to COVID. Um, with regards to um, the EA Youth Services, again there were Five, five million pounds was allocated to that, um, and um, I think in over over 180 schemes um, have been able to be allocated um, financial support. Um, you'll also be aware that um, the EA also run the T-Buck camps 
Um, and while I don't have the information with regards to that, that's obviously a, an additional assistance to um, um, doing what the member has suggested that they should do. I call Liz Kinnons. Mr. For answering, I mean, it is it is very good to hear and very welcome that there is such a massive. Um, Reach it is so important this year, Minister. In, in the event of any underspend or any unspent uh, resources from the, the program fund, will you consider making it uh, available for local community groups or sporting organisations who may be able to apply for on the basis that they can run the diversionary activities required um, over the summer months? Okay, and I, th I thank the member for her question, and I'd like to think that there won't be an underspend, um, that uh, all money will be able to be drawn down. Although there is a risk associated with um, some of of the uh, the youth um, summer programme because I think somewhere in the region of 40% of, of those schemes actually um, require an overnight stay um, and so we'll anticipate what the executive agree on Thursday with regards to that. I would be hopeful that that doesn't happen although I understand that um, in the event that a project doesn't, a scheme doesn't go ahead, that there are a number of projects in reserve who should be able to use that money. Um, I would need to find, get further information as to whether or not um, that can then be moved into another project, which is outside of the, the scope of what's been agreed. Um, that may take some time and, and may actually um, not be of assistance. I call Rachel Woods. Thank you, Mr Deputy Speaker. Um, the Minister will be aware that many children and young people face the reality of hunger over the summer months. And the Minister's predecessor introduced free school meals payments for the summer and holiday months until 2022. So can I ask the Minister if she would support free school meals continuing over the holiday periods indefinitely and what other measures her department are looking at to tackle holiday hunger for this year? Thank the, the member for her um, question and absolutely understand this has been a very much a long um, running discussion even prior to COVID, although COVID I suppose put a, a very much a focus on the issue in relation to um, to hunger and um, around, particularly around the holiday period. Um, there, a payment scheme has been approved um, for this for this um, next period of, uh, of time that's um, been signed off quite recently. Um, this will then be this again will be thirteen point fifty per child per week, and will be made available to all families entitled um, to free school meals um, on the thirtieth of June for, for nine weeks. Um, and there was a cost of around twelve million pounds for that. Obviously, this is an issue which is not just doesn't just necessarily fall within education. This is something which is very much um, across um, departmental um, issue and. Um, it would be something that I would be keen to take up with um, Minister Hargey from the Department of Communities. I call Rachel Woods for supplementary. Uh, thank the Minister for her answer. Um, it's on the same theme of food in school. The Minister will know how important it is for children to have access to enough balanced, nutritious uh, uh, meals for growth, health and wellbeing, as well as their brain development and their concentration. So can I ask the Minister how her department ensures how meals served within schools are assessed for their nutritional value? Thank the, um, the member for her question. And I would have to come back to her with the detail around that, but um, uh, if she's content with that. Thanks. I call Mark Durkin. Thank you, Mr. Deputy Speaker. I thank the Minister for her answers thus far. I congratulate her on her elevation to her new role and I wish her well in it. I wonder would the Minister be in a position to provide me with an update on plans for a new ASD unit at St. Bridget's College in my constituency, please? 
Okay, and thank you, the member, for his um, question in relation to St Bridget's College. Um, I understand that there was a meeting held today um, with EA and officials with regards to the pressures for autism provision um, in the in the area. Um, and my my feedback from EA was that it was positive. Um, so I, I do acknowledge that there are there are pressures in the area with regards to how that. Progresses. I would need to get some further information in relation to that for the member. That was a very t topical uh, quick question, and let's just hope that what's positive in the EAs eyes is positive for the school as well, and for the, the many young people living with ASD who are hoping uh, to transfer there. The problems with provision, I suppose, around SEN aren't exclusive. To foil, however, and I wonder if the, the, the minister or what plans the minister has to improve or make easier accessibility to such services across the north. Okay. And thank the member for his question. And, and obviously, um, the issue of the number and the increasing number of children presenting um, with special educational needs has increased um, quite considerably over the last number of years, which then not only puts pressure on um, for assessment, but also in, in making sure that there's appropriate placements for them. Um, I do understand that um, somewhere in the region of £9.5 million capital and £10 million resource has been allocated in order to try to address specific needs. Um, there's 42 additional classrooms um, at 16 of the 39 special schools um, to accommodate in a region of 237 um, pupils. Um, there's repurposing of the Cookstown Youth Provision um, and also um, the Fort William site in North Belfast is being used for hopefully for temporary accommodation for the next two or three years in order to be able to uh, um, address the pressures for Harberton. Um, the main pressures, I understand, are in Armagh, South Down, Belfast and, and Mid Ulster. But um, EA, I understand, are working to try to address this um, and are obviously um, developing a, an area plan which will be particularly useful in, in how we move forward. And that is the end of our period of questions to the Minister of Education. I ask members to take their ease for a few moments before the next item, which is an urgent oral question to the Minister of Justice.